Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction, hopefully in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper. Uh, I am the lead pastor of Crosswinds Church and, of course, the host of this podcast. I want to give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. Uh, As I like to say each week, all that is good is because of what he puts into it. If there's anything that's not so good, I will take full responsibility. If you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Joining us this week is, is one of my oldest friends. Uh, I mean that in two ways. He's older than me, and I've known him for at least three decades or so. Uh, Ken DePeel. Uh, Ken has been a pastor. He, he's now an insurance agent. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about his uh, his walk with God and, and some of the transitions that he's made recently. And, and really uh, to talk around this idea of what does it mean to have this calling that all of us have. Every single believer has a calling uh, to know God, make him known, to be disciples who make disciples. But then we have these assignments that can be our jobs, it can be being a husband and so forth. And so we're going to jump into this. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Ken, thanks for being with us. Oh, it's good to be here, Craig. Unbelievable and- that you said what you said. <laughs> but... Uh, it's good to be with you. It's especially good to be with your Crosswinds family. I actually, I think I was out there about four or five years you ago. You were, you were. And now I know how things went because I haven't been asked back since. But thanks for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> not true, not true. People are still talking about how how impactful that time was with you. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we've known each other for, for many, many years. And so I know your story, but the Crosswinds family doesn't know your story. And so I, I just, I, I like to start uh, a podcast like this with asking, you know, how did you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? What, 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 when and, and how? Yeah. So uh, you've heard me tell the story in multiple formats. Uh, you've heard me tell the extra long version. I'll, I'll give you the shorter version today. I grew up in the church. Uh, my parents are faithful going to church and both sides of the family, my dad's parents, actually my father's father, my grandpa DePeel was a minister his entire career, his entire life. And uh, people of faith on my mom's side as well. And so both sides of the family just had a history of going to church. But as we know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than Going to Taco Bell makes you oh, one of those delicious five-layer burritos. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it uh, faith became real for me when I was in elementary school. But of course, what does an elementary student fully understand about faith? And so there was a lot of uh, growth and growing pains along the way. And so for me, even though I prayed the prayer to receive Christ when I was uh, you know, in elementary school, uh, just exposed to the goodness of God and wanted to give my life to Jesus and accept the work that he had done on Calvary for me. I didn't really fully understand that until I was in high school, even really going into college, where I rededicated my life and became much more serious about this pursuit of denying myself and taking up my cross and following after him. And so, you know, for me, yeah, sure, I'd say 
I was saved. I became a Christian, a believer at a very early age, but I would say I wasn't really all in until 18, 19, when it really, to me, took root as to what it really means, the cost of following Jesus and the willingness to pay the price as best I understood. So we met, um, we were freshmen at Indiana Wesleyan University, and uh, you're on campus, and you went to Indiana Wesleyan to study what? Well, I went there to study music education. I was, uh, you know, I was just telling the story the other day. I was actually running from what we'll talk about even more, a call to ministry, uh, but I'm a really dumb runner. I ran to a Christian college. Uh, I had reached a point in my life where some of the decisions I'd made, I just felt really unworthy. Um, I had sinned. I had fallen short in a lot of ways, very specific ways. And I just didn't think God could use me as a pastor. I thought, you know, here, God, here's my plan. I love music. I've had some incredible influences in the music education path that I've pursued. Tell you what, God, I'll, I'll become a high school music teacher and so that was my arrangement with God. I'll become a high school music teacher and I'll serve students and I'll make a difference. I'll really impact um, students and their families, uh, look for opportunities to share Christ. But I was not on a, a ministerial path. I was not studying to be a pastor. I was studying for music education and it was a four to five year degree. And that's what I was doing. So what changed? Well, you know, the biggest story is the fact that at Indiana Wesleyan, uh, you have to take a New Testament survey class. And there was a prof there that I had never heard of that apparently was pretty popular in the Wesleyan church, uh, a guy named Keith Dury. And I sat in the back of the class, tried not to get called on, like to goof around with my friend Donnie. And we had to do a commentary paper on any section of the New Testament we wanted. So I chose James chapter two, the whole section on faith and deeds. And that was really a big part of my journey to that point was I felt like I had faith, but my deeds were lacking. And so that whole section of scripture really intrigued me. And so I did, I did the paper. Uh, the time comes a couple of weeks later, he's handing the papers back. He hands everybody's paper back, but mine. And he says, hey, DePeel, I want to see you in my office. And I'm like, I did not plagiarize. I worked, I worked hard on that paper, <laughs> probably as hard as anything I'd worked on so far in my freshman year. And I uh, got into his office and I said, is something wrong with the paper? He said, no, great paper. I just, I can't help but ask, I, you know, I'm reading through this paper. I can't help but ask, are you running from a call to ministry? And well, I broke down because I you know, crashed my car when I was 18. God spoke to me in this moment on an empty highway up in Michigan where I grew up. And God had said, get your life right. I want you for the ministry. But because of some things that I did following that incident, I just thought I'm not worthy. And so I, you know, through tears, I told Professor Drury, man, I'm not worthy. Like, yeah, I'm running from a call. I'm just not worthy. I can't be a pastor. You don't know the things I've done. And he said, I think somebody failed to teach you or help you understand that that's the point, right? None of us is worthy. Yeah, that's right. None of us is worthy. And he's like, I can't settle that call for you, but I do want to remind you that you'll never be worthy. I'm not worthy. None of us is worthy. That's why Christ came. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. So why don't you, why don't you try and lock that in before you uh, give up on this, 
this call that you sense God is is asking you to follow. Wow. So how long did it take from that conversation to to you changing your major? Oh, man. For me, it was another year and a half, two years. Uh, you know the story, but I know your listeners don't. Uh, first of all, I was dating a, a girl on campus who's now my wife. And Karen would regularly say to me, which, by the way, Karen's had a rough couple of years. Imagine being named Karen during COVID. It's just been, and she's a middle, she's a middle manager at a hospital. I feel so bad for Karen. But anyway, Karen and I were dating and she was so happy that I wasn't studying to be a pastor. She would say that to me regularly. She would say, I'm so glad you don't want to be a pastor because I could never be a pastor's wife. And I really liked her. And I, I, I was in love with her. I wanted to marry her. And that put a, in my mind, it put a lot of pressure on me. Like, Oh man, if I change my major, if I submit to this calling, what's going to happen with her. And then uh, honestly, then you came along and, you know, I was actually reflecting on this with a friend about a month ago. I remember you, you know, you and I made a connection and I remember you invited me to, you know, meet once a week in a study room in a dorm for an hour. And I'd never done that before with any guy. And it just felt really foreign to me. I remember asking you like, so what are we going to meet? What are we going to do in this time together? And you're like, well, you know, just catch up on our week and pray together. And uh, I was like, okay. Like I just never, I, I, I was surprised that I, I grew up in a church. I grew up in a youth ministry that, it was really good, but we had never practiced those kinds of spiritual disciplines of just one-on-one um, mentoring, encouragement. Um, and so doing that with you and then just having some other friends lean in and affirm what Keith Drury had said, that you're not worthy. And so I remember, maybe you remember, I finally was just so restless. One night I sat out, there was this quad area where the clock tower was on campus I don't even think it's there anymore but I sat down and I told God I'm going to sit here until you give me a sense of peace and release uh, that I can get out of my major that I can step into what you want and that whether Karen sticks with me or not you know it's pretty much the uh, the old chorus right though though none go with me still I will follow and I sat there for, I think I literally sat there for about four and a half hours. People were passing by like, what are you doing out here? And for me, it was, I, I'm just taking care of some business with God. And about 1230, I finally felt sensed. And, you know, I don't know, was it God? Was it me? Was it me finally understanding what God had been trying to tell me all along? All I know is this, about 1230 in the morning, I got up, went inside, went to bed, First thing in the morning, went to the registrar's office, changed my major, called Karen, said, let's meet for breakfast, um, told her, thinking she was going to break up with me. And she said, oh, I knew this was going to happen. And I love you. <laughs> and uh, things just began to fall into place. But yeah, interesting moment that, you know, that's sitting out there for four and a half hours just allowing God to quietly by his still small voice speak to me about, you know, following that call. I think it's interesting that on a Christian college campus, you have a lot of young ladies whose dream is to be a pastor's wife um, for whatever reason. I don't know why. 
And you and I both married um, young women who they had said they would never marry a pastor. So I don't, I don't know what that says about us or them, but uh, sort of an interesting reality. Well, maybe both of them were running from a call as well. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 a dynamic a dynamic story, and of course, the rest, so they say, is history. You, we graduate together. You you go into a pastor in Michigan, um, and uh, you start out what in music. You do start out right with uh, music as part of what you do. Yeah, the first church I served at, I worked with young adults and also led the worship and music ministry at the church. It was a more traditional church. So we were uh, introducing some of the new at the time, so, you know, some of the new worship courses that were out while also conducting a choir. They had a choir, they had different ensembles. Uh, so I got to scratch the itch for music in a, you know, vocational, you know, church ministry context. But I also got to do hands-on ministry of, you know, evangelism, discipleship, working with young adults, uh, so it was great. It was it was great, and I've been able to, honestly, over the past thirty years, been able to scratch that itch by leading worship vocally, uh, or playing keyboards, or both. And so I see, I see even now how God has allowed me that music passion that I had. Uh, he's connected that just some natural gift, talent, ability, with the calling that He placed in my life for ministry uh, that I've been able to utilize it almost everywhere I've served. I've got to throw this out there because no one can see it. Um, we're, we're communicating through Zoom. You're in Indiana. Obviously, I'm here in uh, New York. Uh, but in Ken's background, uh, he has the Buffalo Bills locker room. And you uh, served on staff at a church in Buffalo, New York for a number of years. Yeah, I was there uh, from 93 to 98. Uh, I actually met one of the tight ends, Pete Metzlars. Didn't know he played in the NFL. Uh, when I met him, he was a volunteer at another Wesleyan church in town. And he asked me what I was, you know, what I did for a living. I told him I was a youth pastor. We had just moved from our church in Michigan. And I asked him what he did. And he said he played football. And I, I asked him, I said, in a league? And he said, yeah. And I said, so is that like a flag or touch? He goes, no, it's, it's full contact. And uh, I was so nervous meeting him. I, I like literally that part of my brain just escaped me. And he finally said, yeah, the National Football League. And I'm like, I'm such an idiot. But <laughs> both my boys were born in Buffalo. We still, you know, I, I 50 pounds that I gained in Buffalo, I still haven't lost. I carry a part of Buffalo with me. <laughs> and we love Josh Allen. We love the Bills. And we hope that they take another good run at it here this next year. 99% of the people who are going to listen to this podcast, just you endeared yourself to them. I mean, <laughs> brother in Christ was a big deal, but now that they realize you're a fellow Buffalo fan, um, that, 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 that goes a long way, a long way. Well, pizza, wings, beef on whack. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, who doesn't love Steve Tasker. And now of course, Josh Allen, man, he's like the new, the sweetheart of Buffalo of Western New York. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's reel it in. Let's reel it in. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so let's, let's sort of make sure we're on the same page. So here you are, you're now a pastor and how long did you pastor? Uh, how long were you on staff pastoring? I was a staff pastor, you know, in different capacities for almost 30 years. Yeah. Uh, just short, 29 years. And you've done a lot in the church. Like you, you were college ministry, you've done music, uh, student ministry. 
um, sort of uh, connections, assimilation, lead pastor. Yeah, um, yeah just just a, a, a discipleship, uh, just a whole gamut of things within the church. And yeah, then, I, I, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, go no, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say it. Uh, you know, for me, the beauty of being an assistant pastor is the variety of opportunity. I mean, I was a lead pastor for seven years. Um, I was an executive pastor for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but most of my ministry emphasis was kind of helping the infrastructure. I'm I'm better at vision carrying than I am at vision casting. And I think that's always important for people to understand their role. That I mean, it's not that I can't cast vision, but I would rather find someone who has great vision and come alongside them and figure out how do we carry this? How do we implement this? How do we how do we refine it and make it even more productive for the kingdom? Um, are there ways to tweak or enhance different ministry roles? And so whether it was in student ministry or uh, small groups, discipleship groups, whether it was helping out with worship, just whatever it is, like how could we enhance the church in the infrastructure so that we have, you know, kind of the, 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 the bones to really multiply this thing out? You know, I don't know if you remember this, but when you were a lead pastor, um, you and I were talking prior to you having a staff meeting, and you said, uh, man, I, you know, you just weren't really excited to go into a staff meeting. I said, why? And he said, you know, they just look at me like I need to cast vision all the time. And you said, <laughs> why don't you just get about doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, and uh, which just talks about your heart. I mean, you were, you were a very successful lead pastor, uh, but it just talks about you being able to narrow in that wedge a little bit of knowing really where your where your heart is, where your gift mix is, where your passion is, and and sort of going from there. Yeah, I think it helped that I grew up in a church where that was top of mind hmm. for our lead pastor. You know, I mean, I was privileged to grow up with Wayne Schmidt as my senior pastor. Who, for some of you who don't and, know our denomination, he's our general superintendent right now. Yeah. And it was a church plant. And so by necessity, you had to give ministry away. You had to bring in key volunteers or key staff members. And so I saw that the people that he brought in and put and placed around him, um, as much as I admired and respected him, I really had a deep love and appreciation for everyone that came in around him to help carry the vision. And so I, I suppose in that sense, you know, I'm a, I talk about the Buffalo Bills, but I'm a big baseball guy. And some of my favorite baseball players are players that most people would never know. They're great. What they call uh, in the old old school days, they call them utility players. They're guys that can play almost any position. They can bat any any part of the lineup. It's pretty much put me in coach. I'm ready to play. And where do you need me? Like I've never really cared that much about who gets the credit. I don't need the credit. Well, actually, God needs the credit. Yeah. I just like, can I be a great utility player and help advance the vision, the mission, um, the fulfillment of what God's called the church to do and be about? Now, about nine months ago, uh, you had a significant transition. And uh, we're going to get to that, but that, that'll be our cliffhanger as we get ready to, to go into the next podcast. And so you'll want to definitely um, come on and uh, listen to that one next week. But, but I want to I take us to a question that I just love to ask. And, 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 and actually, I don't know what your answer is going to be. We've known each other for years, but I, I don't have any idea. So I'm looking forward to this. 
But uh, just just throwing it out there, sort of a curveball using the baseball analogy, going a little different direction. If you could have a spiritual conversation with anyone, living or dead, other than Jesus, because, you know, as Christians, the, the Jesus answer is, is way too easy. Um, who would you like to chat with and why? Oh, man. There are actually two people. That's fine. I would, love, I would love to spend a day with Ellen DeGeneres and Conan O'Brien. <laughs> I love them as entertainers. I think they're intriguing people. Uh, I really like the way Ellen uh, interviews people. I love how she loves and cares so deeply for people. Uh, I know that she lives in a world and in a lifestyle that I don't understand or fully endorse, but I am fascinated by the fact that she loves so deeply um, when she's not, as far as we know, she's not a follower of Christ. And, uh, and sometimes love is better than I do as a Christian, right? <laughs> like, I would love to talk with her. But then Conan, he's just so weird and quirky. <laughs> and I'm that way, too. And I feel like there'd be a, like a kindred spirit moment. Like, he's really awkward. And I used to think that I, well, I used to try to be cool. And then I used to think I kind of was cool. And then I realized I'm not cool. <laughs> is that the and progression? And then I started watching Conan and I realized, oh, he's not cool at all. And he's a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay with not being, not being cool at all and being quirky. And I would love to just spend a day with the two of them or separately. I just, it would be interesting. Um, deep influence, both of them, deep influence. And uh, man, I would love to see, I actually, I'd love to see both of them come to know the Lord, but mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, those are two. Well, what what uh, you know, as we sort of wrap up this first podcast together, what last words of advice or or, or, or statements would you want to make to the listeners? You know, they're out here that you're getting ready. We know where we're going with the next podcast. At least we think we do, uh, but you don't need to preview that. But just sort of wrapping up our time together in this one, what would be your last words to them? I think you just lean into God in the season of life that you're in. You know, whatever season you're in, you know, whether you're just starting out or you've been walking with God a long time, uh, whether you're married or single, whether you're an empty nester or you're you know, running around with your head cut off because the kids are so busy and you're a taxi service and an ATM. Like, um, you know, whatever season you're in, just lean into Jesus as fully as you as you can. And and while you're leaning in, listen you know, just see if that still small voice has something for you that uh, he really wants you to hear. That's a good word. Good word, Ken. You'll want to definitely um, join us next week as we uh, continue our conversation. And we're going to, you know, like I alluded to at the beginning, uh, Ken, nine months ago, uh, made a pretty significant transition um, career-wise, but I would argue not calling-wise. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, his calling 
and yet his ministry assignment now, what's that look like? And, you know, he said um, prior to this, as we were talking uh, before the podcast kicked off, he said, you know, I'm only nine months, months into it, so I'm trying to figure this out still uh, myself. And I think there's some power in that because I think all of us have been in situations where where people are asking us questions and we're thinking, you know what, we're still working this out, um, whether it be in parenting or whether it be in our career, whether it be in our marriage. And so uh, I'm really super excited about continuing this conversation. And so I want you to, you know, plan on join join us next week. And uh, remember uh, to check out crosswinds.church. Uh, that's where you find out all things about this podcast and all things crosswinds. And for now, be blessed and bless others. 